Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. Today's episode is so, so good. If you are interested in learning about other social media channels other than Instagram, because Instagram is amazing, but it might not be for you or for your business, we are diving into LinkedIn networking, ways to utilize LinkedIn to grow your business, to grow your connections, and just hearing from a powerhouse mompreneur based here in Kansas City that is sharing her story of building multiple businesses in the food industry, doing things differently, how she networks, how she's grown, and even how she brought her husband on to work for her, which is really inspiring. So let's get to it. I'm excited to introduce you to Tiffany Bosserman of After Party Sweets, Cottontail Candy, and all the other things. Hi, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. We've crossed paths so many times um, in Mm -hmm. Kansas City. And I'm just excited to chat with you because you're just a ball of positivity. You've done so many things in the entrepreneurship realm here in our city. And I just, I feel like you have so much knowledge to share beyond all of the sweet things that you do. So I'm excited to chat with you. Well, I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for considering me. And I'm just so happy to help and, and be a part of this community and however I can. So thank you. Yeah. I'd love if you could kind of share because you do many things. So people probably know you from all different facets of your business and your life. And I would love for you to just share like how you got started in the entrepreneurial journey that you're on and your background and all of that. Yeah. Well, uh, before I was a cotton candy lady. So right now I own and operate Cottontail Cotton Candy. So we're an all organic cotton candy event service. And I also just started a brand new business called the After Party Sweet Shop. So we're located inside U.S. Toy on 119th and Metcalf. So that's a whole new world of retail and brick and mortar. But we're really excited to jump in there. Um, I was a teacher. I was a middle school teacher before I was a cotton candy lady. So I really have the... um, the seed of like wanting to learn and looking for knowledge in every way and learning uh, kind of in my blood. Both my parents were entrepreneurs as well. So I feel like I learned a lot from them along the way, but I really got the idea for Cottontail uh, three years ago now. And we had this idea. I've always had a sweet tooth. I mean, I would eat M&Ms for breakfast every morning if I could, but I love sweets and treats. So we got the idea for Cottontail Cotton Candy. And I said, you know what, let's just buy a machine. I priced out everything, kind of got a business plan loosely. And I said, let's just do it and let's see what happens. And sure enough, three months into the journey, I was able to quit my job and be full-time cottontail. So we've done that ever since. Wow. That is so amazing. And I remember like, I've, you know, worked with you on events and I've seen you at events and I, I just think your concept is so cool. It was so unique. I think you were the first one in the Kansas city market to really start this. And just the way that you run the business is just so fun and special. I love all the marketing that you do, but on top of that, you also handle marketing for a franchise that's locally owned called pie five pizza. So yes, 
Yeah, I was so lucky and am so lucky to work with the Global family. They're awesome. And they kind of sought me out because of the work I've done for Cottontails. So they really liked what I was doing there. So they asked me to do their social media and community events. And I have loved that as well. So I'm definitely learning a lot along the way. And I've been lucky enough to learn from you and go to your workshops and learn from you online as well. So I can really kind of hone in that skill because everything's changing every day with social media. So you have to keep and continue learning to be your best and to get better. So that's what I've done, but I'm really thankful for that opportunity and have enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to Cottontail, I feel like we met when you were in the beginning stages of building that business and you really did it all yeah. yourself and you yeah. were out there networking and um, networking in person at events, but also doing a lot of networking online. And one of the first conversations we had was yeah. you telling me, I am getting so much from LinkedIn. Are you using LinkedIn? Because I always preach and talk about Instagram, but I would love for yes. you to share why LinkedIn, how did you get started on mm -hmm. it? What were the strategies that you were using? Yes. So I first got interested in LinkedIn when I realized that Cottontail had an opportunity to do corporate events and who are the decision makers at companies and corporations it's usually those C-suite levels or those upper management who are not spending time on Instagram and um, Facebook, but it's also blocked at their work. So they can't be on those social networks even if they wanted to. So I realized that instead of trying to figure out their email address, which would take, sure, a lot of time, and I could probably do that, but I knew a more personal way of really getting in front of them, showing them, just like on Instagram, you show, 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 sell, right? You want to show what you do. I could do that same thing on LinkedIn and connect with them and do a personal uh, intro in their, uh, in their DM, in their <laughs> inbox, which you can do and I invite. And it's also that on LinkedIn, everyone's very business minded, you know, and so they're already in that mindset of, uh, you know, networking and connecting because it is the biggest networking party in the world. Everyone's there to really connect and make relationships. And I have found that on LinkedIn, there's a really beautiful Kansas City community. They have LinkedIn local events. They have different link, uh, LinkedIn networking parties and things like that that happen online and in person. So people can really easily find that community. And um, if you have your, you know, you know, get a nice headshot and you could set it up like a really kind of nice resume too. Because I think that the old mindset was LinkedIn was finding a job. You could go, you know, find a new job or something like that. But it really is, in my opinion, a great place to find potential clients, to find brands to work with, and to really grow your business and find, you know, possible different companies to work with. So I've had a lot of success on there. I've, um, and now more than ever, people are really doing... Um, you know, people like meet for coffee and have coffee chats and like we used to, they're having them online, like Zoom. I've had two in the last two weeks anyway, of people that I never met in person, but they're saying, Hey, do you want to just do a Zoom chat and like meet for coffee? And I said, absolutely. You know, why not? So that way I'm, you know, really growing my network and making meaningful connections through LinkedIn and, and doing that. So I love it. I think that, um, you do need to put yourself out there a little bit. So it's a good practice. It's not in person. And just like if you were at a networking meeting, uh, you would not go up to someone and say, hi, you want to buy my product? You know, it's the same thing with your, you know, inbox on LinkedIn. You can say, hey, I, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I would love to learn more about you. And then you can, you know, go in for the Zoom chat or, you know, talk about here's a link if you want to learn more about me or how can I help you with this, that, or I noticed that you 
wrote a LinkedIn article because just like a blog post, um, LinkedIn allows you to make articles on there that live forever on your profile. And what I love about LinkedIn algorithm is they count every like, comment, and share as you creating content. So you can, they throw yourself, uh, your stuff up on the front of people's feed so much more on LinkedIn, in my opinion, than, um, than the trickiness of Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so good, Tiffany. Um, (laughs) So a few things. Do you think it's better to create content directly into LinkedIn or to share articles you're posting on your website, your blog, things like that? It needs to be a mix of both because on LinkedIn, I've read that when you just uh, do the share and do not put any original content on top of the share, uh, they're not going to uh, categorize that as original. So you, I do a lot of shares to articles I like and I want to share with others, but then I put up in, um, say, I love this article because X, Y, Z, and then I comment because you also comment in your own posts and they count that as content. Then I comment in the um, post, I say, what, you know, what's your favorite thing about this article? Or share with me, you know, one thing you're struggling with or whatever. So it's, it is kind of work similar in that way to Instagram and Facebook. But um, again, it's all business minded. I think I shared with you the first um, coffee chat we met. Um, where was that? It was in Brookside when you lived over there. Anyway, oh, Roastery. We went to yeah. Roastery and you were so kind to share with me different marketing ideas. And I, I said, oh, I just don't like doing, you know, business stuff in my, you know, company Instagram. I just felt like it doesn't make sense where now I feel like, oh, I can happily share business stuff on LinkedIn and I can separate it now and then just do cotton candy stuff on Instagram. Cause I feel like that's what people want to see. So, um, anyway, it really helps me, um, with clarifying my brand and separating ideas and content anyway, for me to just be on LinkedIn. Okay. That's business stuff. And I will share some you know, ideas about cotton tail or, you know, pretty pictures of cotton candy like people like to see, but, uh, then it helps me focus more on Instagram with just, uh, the event side. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. And I don't even think it's necessarily a place for just entrepreneurs. I think if you're a blogger, content creator, I think that there is room there as well. If you're a writer sharing your work, I mean, there's so much you can do. And especially now, I think more people are using LinkedIn more than ever. So when we had this conversation three years ago, I was shocked because I was really only using LinkedIn for that portfolio updates and resume updates. And I would get a few connections and things like that, but I wasn't really fully utilizing LinkedIn. And now I think that more people are on it because you're totally right. We don't have time to do in person or we can't do in person coffee meetups or workshops and things like that. So it's a great place to connect and meet and you never know who you will find. And I think there's power in, um, people knowing who you're connected with, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So, Mm -hmm. um, we're more likely to trust someone if we know, oh, they've worked with this person or they know that person. And I think that there, it's just, you know, there's a lot that you can do for your business, for your brand on LinkedIn. So I love this information. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, uh, really quickly at what I think your audience would appreciate is, um, especially those bloggers that are wanting to connect with specific brands, maybe more, you know, national or global brands that they, you know, like, who do you even talk to when you want to work with Nike? But if you can search on LinkedIn, um, you know, brand experience manager, Nike, or any of those keywords, or just experience manager, or 
uh, network or uh, I'm not exactly sure. You guys know, right. or your audience would know what to search for. You go on LinkedIn and you can find the exact people to connect with. Yes. And therefore you just, you know, you can connect and you don't even have to be their friend or connect to see their content. So you click on their profile, go to the articles that they have written or, you know, uh, posts they have done. You can still like and comment and then you're on their radar. Mm -hmm. Now it's not weird if you approach them for, you know, working with them or, you know, wanting to chat with them, they've already known you're already in their circle of, you know, knowledge or influence. And then they, um, you're, it's just easier to get on people's radar. And then on Instagram, it can be so loud and noisy. You could be one of like 10,000 comments, you know, these brands maybe aren't going to notice you, but it's just a smaller, smaller pond, you know, in LinkedIn, I, I think. I agree. And I also think that if you're just relying on a DM to an Instagram page, there could be f multiple people that are managing that account. It could be oh, someone. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It could be someone that's not the PR influencer brand rep. It could just be yeah. a social media manager. There's so many things that can happen when you just send to DMs or people will see it and then forget about it. So I agree. I always try and drive people to um, look at the website, look at LinkedIn, search for the PR contacts, things like that. I think that that is such good advice. Or if yeah. you're on the business side, like you and I, where you're looking for potential clients and establishing those relationships, mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. is so good. Um, I, I know for me, I get a lot of referral or word of mouth, um, client inquiries, but I do want to do my research and see like, is this a right fit for me? So yeah. on the flip side too, it's a good way to kind of do your research and see who is this person? What's their brand? Yep. Is this going to, to work out for the both of us? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So tell me, okay. So you have Cottontail, you're doing marketing for a local company, and now you're starting a new concept. A lot of that came through yes. fruition because of LinkedIn too. So like, how did this all play out? Yeah. So at first my husband actually noticed how, um, perfectly set up us toy is it's right next to pump it up, which, uh, for those of that uh, are listening that don't know, it's one of those kind of like uh, jump like bounce house uh, party places, but they only do private parties. So it's not like an open jump where, you know, I don't know, urban air or sky zone or whatnot, you, you know, you're around uh, strangers, especially now, you know, you don't know who's been where. So to have a private party in a, you know, safe, you know, sanitized place, I think pump it up is really going to win in these um, upcoming months and years. But anyway, we thought, wow, Cottontail could be a great part of Pump It Up or, you know, BNUS Toy. They have lots of great candies that they already sell and it's locally owned, which we learned, which is amazing. So we got a meeting with Seth, which um, only happened because of LinkedIn. I found him on there and um, connected and wrote him a nice personal, you know, intro message and told him that we would love to at least meet and talk about ideas and possibilities of um, partnering. And he was very open to it. So we met and brought him some samples before all this um, quarantine happened. And we kind of just left that door open. We weren't sure exactly where we were gonna go. They did already have a popcorn and ice cream uh, area in the back of their store. They really was underutilized, wasn't really getting the revenue they wanted. So we had some different ideas and um, ended up with a wonderful partnership that we're just so excited to bring to the Overland Park area. And we are open now, so today's May 25th. And we're just excited. We're excited for the opportunity, for the possibilities. Um, there is no one doing fresh cotton candy on site in any local retail stores. There's lots of places that have, you know, prepackaged in the pink and the blue, which is great. But what we offer is very different. 
And then we have local ice cream and local popcorn that we're adding that we are also um, going to be shipping the popcorn and cotton candy. So this can also be, you know, a national reach for those that want to have these fresh treats. And uh, in store, we're going to have these really like cool signature desserts. Right now we're offering the Halo Bowl, which has cotton candy in the bottom. And there's ice cream on top with, with toppings. So we're going to do a lot of like creative desserts. So it's a reason for people to come in and enjoy a special treat. But also for those that aren't able to get out right now, like we get it. You know, there's some that are immune compromised that still want to have something from us. We're able to still deliver in Kansas City area and, um, and do all of that as well. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> and I'm so excited for you for so many reasons. Um, but I think I want to even take it back because... Just sure. to explain how your business started, you know, you were doing a ton of weddings and you were doing mm -hmm. private parties and that was right. you going and doing the hand spun cotton candy. And then you kind of yep. realized I need to shift to more business and corporate because that would make more sense for mm -hmm. my time, my money, all of those things, being a mom and not wanting to work every right. weekend. Yes. Um, <laughs> So then you really got into the corporate and doing some really, you had some really amazing event partnerships and corporate partnerships. And now you're shifting again into more of this like yep. retail division where I'm guessing you're probably not going to be the person that's working these events. You're going to have a staff there doing that right. for you, which is so cool. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I think that as a business owner and an entrepreneur, knowing when to shift or pivot, right? And kind of rolling with it and realizing that I'm not gonna be the same thing forever. That it's gonna look different through the years and through the months and being okay with that. I think at first I kind of went through some, you know, panic. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing events. And I feel like everyone kind of has gone through this. You know, I'm not doing events anymore. In-person events can't happen. So, you know, who am I? Who is Cottontail? And realizing um, that changing and shifting gears is okay. And it's nice to have this fresh, exciting new journey to go on. And absolutely, it's an adventure. We're learning along the way. But um, I think what's really helped and what's really um, made this possible is the different um, people in the community and the partnerships in, that we've had. So, you know, of course, Abby. Abby Flores, who owns Lady by Coco Kate. She is a mentor of mine. She has helped me and I really give a lot of my success to her and her trust and help. And I think that having mentors and people that are just one or two steps ahead of you that you can, you know, call or text and like, Hey, you know, what do I do here? Or what would you do? And ask for advice. That's been soul saving in my, yeah. in my uh, opinion. So having that community and help has been major and just knowing that, you know, this too shall pass this time of, um, and really we've been doing pretty well at the shop, even with all of these restrictions. So I'm excited to see as, you know, things develop and, and schools open and we kind of get back to, you know, still being cautious, you know, and obviously doing all the safety, um, things that need to happen still, but as people go out and about and, um, you know, have these birthday parties and celebrations again, and I'm excited that we could still kind of be a part of that. Yeah, I love this. And I feel like you are so positive and the perfect role model of like figuring it out and not pressing mm -hmm. pause on your business, but instead asking, okay, where does my client need me? And who is the client that I even want to serve at this point? 
how can I shift that experience, but still make it on brand for what people know about Cottontail. So I think that that Mm. is so inspiring, especially for business owners that are in retail or services and they're feeling like, I don't really know what the future holds. It's okay to make those changes. And Mm -hmm. I've heard that too, from a lot of business owners that trying these new services, coming up with kits, coming up with, um, you know, no contact experiences and things like that have actually been really positive and like new streams of revenue that they never thought would be possible. And I think that some of that will continue for the foreseeable future. I agree. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, you could have looked at this, like I work in parties and events and where, what am I going to do? But you decided, okay, I'm going to make lemonade out of lemons. I'm going to try something completely different. So what has the response been to, um, these shifts? Like, I know it's a very, in the beginning stages, but I feel like you had a lot of excitement around your launch. Yes. I think that people are excited and want to celebrate. You know, there's these grad parties that people are, you know, not only doing like the drive-by stuff, but they're doing like Zoom parties. And then afterwards saying like, Hey, you can pick up your treat here. We have it for you on the house or they're getting very creative. So I'm sometimes inspired by my clients because they're saying, Oh, we want to do this, this, and that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I never even thought of that, but absolutely. Let's help you create this really cool party. And, um, I think that it's also, you know, really important to listen to your clients, to get a lot of feedback, to kind of, um, gauge. I love the polls on Instagram. Like you can really get a feel for what your audience wants or what they don't want so that you don't launch this whole, you know, big idea and spend all this money, but then no one buys it or no one even wants it. So we've, I've been really careful to kind of you know, get some feedback on Instagram or those like, you know, big super fans that we have, you know, just asking them directly. Oh man, if your customers reach out and, or sorry, if brands like reach out to you as a customer and ask your feedback, like personally, like that makes people feel really special. And I don't do it just for that. I I know that's the effect, but I really want to know, Hey, what do you think about A, B or C? Like, what would you want? And so I really have been, um, so grateful for the Cottontail community and those that are, you know, fans of what we do. And, um, and I'm hoping that, that, um, that story that we're telling about, you know, Cottontail does own the after party. So hopefully those followers and clients will follow us uh, over to uh, the after party as well. Yeah. I love that. And I love that so much of the marketing you've done, obviously you're the person behind this as the owner. Um, but like you just think as, what the consumer wants instead of always coming up with like big picture ideas. Sometimes it's just like the simple things that people really connect with and like want. So like, what are some of the things that have worked really well for your business? Mm. So you like show tips and and tricks for like how we've kind of gotten here. Okay. So I think that for sure, I've seen this happen over and over, which is just really a cool thing is I've always said my goals out loud and often. So for example, I was at some, you know, I don't know, job and I was spinning cotton candy and I was sharing like, Oh, you know, I really want to do, you know, five large corporate events this year. That's really one of my goals. And then all of a sudden you just see the gears turning in people's heads. They're like, they want to help people. People want to help you. So they're like, um, I had this one gal, she said, Oh, I know, you know, the CEO over here or here, I would love to connect you. You'd be the perfect fit for their holiday party. And so I just, I've always, um, 
stuck to that, saying my goals out loud and often. And, you know, people have been so wonderful to help me. Um, this next thing helps me at home as a mom and in business because I, um, I am disorganized by nature. So I really have to uh, you know, get motivation where I can. And I think that motivation doesn't always come, especially when it's something you don't want to do. So for me, I kind of say, you know, it's about momentum over motivation because I don't want to do the dishes. Like there's just no way. It's just, I don't want to do the dishes. But if I say to myself, okay, I'm going to do half the dishes right now, or I'm going to set a timer for five minutes and then I'm going to do that. Well, that motivation just keeps me going. Cause I'm like, wow, five minutes. I could totally finish these. I'm going to do it. And I, you know, keep those little things. So in business, it's the same way. I don't love doing emails or responding. So if I'm like, okay, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes and I'm just going to do emails. And then I'm like, wow, I'm almost done. I can get through the rest, you know, today. So whatever that looks like for myself, I've always, um, I always really love that. And I think that um, another thing that I have, I was thinking about is um, investing and not only in money because people, I, I don't know, think, oh, investing in money, that's going to cost me this or that for, uh, with, you know, courses or classes, which are important, but also time. I know I listen to podcasts daily. It's just, uh, that's my personal preference of learning is audio because I can have it on while I'm doing dishes or whatever. Uh, a lot of people like to watch YouTube videos. There's so much free information. So sometimes when people are like, I can't figure out this problem, like, yes, you can. There's, everything is online. You got to take the time and do the research. Uh, not everyone wants to take the time though. So I really think that's what separates people in business from those that are successful or those, um, that's not always true, but you know what I'm saying. Those that, you know, maybe really want it more or need to find the answer. You can find a person, you can find a, a video, you can find a podcast that probably talks about it. That'll get you on the right steps. And then also I'm a big believer in reading books. I think that you, um, you take the time to read a book and it really sets you in a, in a different mindset. And, uh, and then the next level up is paying for those, those courses and workshops. And I've been to one of yours. I know the value in there uh, that people who pay for something, they're going to put more into it. So yeah. anyway, so those are, I think, um, some of the big, the top ones for me, uh, for business. And I mean, you could apply that to being a mom as well. I think all those yeah. things. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so funny, the first point about putting it out there and asking for help, because I think so often, and I am guilty of this as well, I don't want other clients or people that I'm networking with to feel like I am not busy enough because I fear mm. that that looks like that mm. I, I need help. And, and sometimes I think you're right, putting it out there like I am looking for this or I want to do this or my goal is this or my plan is to do this because sometimes yeah. when you say it and you're confident in that and people will want to help you. Like you said, I do think that is somewhat of a Midwest thing. Um, oh, yeah? I do. I do. I think okay. that is a Midwest thing wanting to help others. But at the same time, I think when you say it, I think it just feels like very authentic versus saying like, oh, I'm really mm -hmm. busy and I'm, I don't need any help right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But I think that's a really good piece of advice, even for me to remember, like, it's okay. Like if, if you, if you want to ask for help or say mm -hmm. what that goal is. Um, Absolutely. so I would just kind of love to know more about how you're, you're juggling, balancing, whatever word you want to use. I yep. think balance is a hard one, but 
being a mom, I mean, I, I feel like there've been times where I've picked up orders for, from you and you have kids in the van and it's like, (laughs) so, and I relate to that on so many levels because there's definitely been times where I have a baby on a hip and then doing something else. Mm -hmm. Tell me kind of what that journey has been like for you when you stepped away from teaching and raising your family, running multiple businesses. How do you find time for it all? Yes. Uh, I think that for me, it comes down to priorities because when you know what's the most important in your life and maybe just not in your life in that moment, in that hour or in that day, and you have that focus, then that really helps everything kind of fall into place. I am so, so lucky that I have the support of my spouse. I know that a lot of your listeners maybe out there do not have the support of their spouse. They have these big dreams and goals and businesses they want to open. And maybe their husbands or significant others are like, no, that's not going to happen or they're not supportive. So I realize that and I'm very sensitive to that. And that's why I just want to say, I'm so grateful for the fact that I have Steve in my corner. He in January, so the timing was of course awful, but (laughs) in January quit his full-time job to be full-time cottontail. Oh my gosh. mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So he totally dove in headfirst to support the family and me in this dream and goal. And so he has been incredible in that. And so, um, so we know that our priority is family first. So whatever that looks like day to day, um, we're going to make sure that when it, like the tough choice comes down to it, we're going to pick our family first. But then after that, you know, during it's again, a day, hour, moment choice, what is important. And then focusing on that. I personally have, um, a tough time, um, because the boys are always like, you're always on your phone. You're always on your phone. I'm like, ah, okay. So they're kind of checking me now. They're like, mom, you need to, you know, be off social media. (laughs) I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. So my boys are old enough to kind of check me in that, but I try to, and this is now it's a family rule. There's no phones at the table. Whenever breakfast, lunch, dinner, we do not have the phones at the table. We put them on the kitchen counter or in a bedroom so that we're not looking at them. So we're totally focused on the family during meal times. I realize, again, not everyone can do that. That's just what works really well for us. Um, and I think that um, just being, um, including the boys, because we have three boys uh, right now. Oh my goodness. My oldest is going to be eight in a few weeks. And then Frankie is four and a half. And then my youngest is going to be two in a couple weeks. So yeah, about two, two, four, and eight, right? And we include them as much as we can. If we have an order to deliver across town, all right, I say, okay, guys, let's load up. We're all going there. Or if we have to pick up, you know, um, some, you know, some sugar or some supplies from a vendor, I'm like, all right, guys, let's, you know, do this and we'll do something fun on the way home, you know, to include them as much as possible. I know it's not always possible for some businesses, but we try to make it like a family thing as much as we can. And, um, and they know that they know that they're uh, a part of, you know, whatever that we can with them. And that's really helped because I think that, um, if we didn't do that, they might kind of resent us or resent the business maybe long-term. I don't know. So we try to include them as much as we can. And, and like I said, I, you know, make sure uh, priorities are really clear. It probably helps that you run a sweets and cotton candy company too. I'm sure that they don't mind that. Do they yes. get tired of it? Are they like, they don't even want to eat oh, it at this it's point? So funny. Or do they okay, still love wait. it? 
<laughs> my oldest Trent could care less about cotton candy. He really is not a sweet, uh, he doesn't have a sweet tooth. Um, but my middle one, Frankie is a sugar baby. I call him, he's a sugar baby because he loves candy. He loves the cotton candy. He will just, oh my gosh, he can't get enough. And then Hudson, my youngest, he had, <laughs> I have given him cotton candy here and there because I was just curious about what he, if he would like the texture. Because we have a lot of kiddos who, just don't like the texture. So I'm always curious if that's like, maybe they never had it. They didn't have it young enough. That's the problem. They never, <laughs> they never had it when they were little, but yeah. So Hudson likes it real well too. That is so funny. I also, um, I love that you brought up the inclusion in your family and also the partnership, um, between your business and your spouse, because I do think that not a lot of people talk about that. And mm -hmm. I personally, agree with you 100%. Again, I know everyone's situation is different, but my husband has been 150% supportive of me since day one. And I think a mm -hmm. lot of that has to do with being confident in what you are planning to do and what you can offer and also just staying in communication about what's going on, what results you're seeing, or maybe mm -hmm. you're not seeing results and what you think right. you could do. Um, I mean, talking about finances with him, I think it's just having those open-ended conversations. And if you're scared yep. to share this big dream that you have or to take it to the next step, I really think it's I think it's all about communication and asking for help. Um, when I went into becoming a mom, I thought I could do it all by myself. I thought I could run a business full-time and be a mother full-time. And I realized I couldn't. And I mm -hmm. really had to have hard conversations with my husband and say, I need your help. I need your help in these areas. And he is literally the most, um, he's so supportive as a partner, but I don't know if it would have been the case had I not had those conversations. So I, I don't yes. know. I think it is a hard, that's a, it's a tough topic, but I love that you bring that up because I think for women and as moms, we feel like we have to do it all. We have to be a hundred percent at yep. all times. And it's yep. not possible. There are times where I have to step away even mm -hmm. when I'm fully capable of one thing or the other, because I just need to be focused on one area. So I love yes. that. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So tell me too, like, you work with influencers, you do fun marketing campaigns with the brands that you work with, with your own, like what are some of the do's and don'ts that you think when it comes to social media marketing? I obviously oh, have man. my own opinions, but yeah. <laughs> I would okay. love to hear from you. Yeah, so it's specifically um, influencer related, you think? That's probably would speak more to your audience or um, I guess I that's think, what I could. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a mix. There's people okay. that have businesses and want to partner with influencers, but also people that are influencers and want to partner with brands. And like, if you have any good practices on your experiences on doing that. Yes. Yes. I think that, uh, first and foremost, being genuine and being kind and being clear, because I think that things can get muddy and confusing. If you say, Hey, I want to work with you. Or, hey, I want a partner. Like, what, that, that can mean a million different things to different brands, to different influencers, to different people. And um, sometimes I honestly think it's better to just start with a phone call because then everyone, the air is clear. Everyone knows what to expect, what not to expect. And also be open to realizing on both ends, it might not be the right fit. Personally, for Cottontail and the Pie Five Pizza side, I have had, I've reached out to people 
who maybe I've wanted to work with. I really love, you know, their style or their tone or voice on their Instagram account and whatnot. And the partnership didn't work out. And I realized I was like, you know what, that's okay. Cause maybe they did want money and I wasn't in a position to pay, or maybe they did want certain things and I wasn't able to, you know, accommodate. And that's okay because we could still part as friends and I could still be a fan of their work and who they are as a person and not be offended. And I know that's really hard for me. And I know maybe women in general, they're like, they can get their feelings hurt really easily. But just that's why I prefer a phone call because then there's no question about what tone of voice the person has, you know, what their intentions are. And um, so that's kind of what I prefer. And, and not all brands are going to be like that. Not all influences, uh, influencers are going to be like that. But if I could give them any advice, if they're just starting out and if they've never worked with this brand or person before, getting a quick 15 minute phone call to just say, hey, what are your expectations? What are you wanting to get out? Why would you want to start this partnership? What are you looking to get out of it? Like, what are your, you know, do you charge? Are you willing to trade? Like just being clear can really help in the long run. And, oh my goodness, this, I should have started with this. My number one thing, it is about long-term relationships. It is not a one and done, in my opinion. I know there are some people who feel differently, but in my opinion, if you have the, the loyalty and trust and um, relationship with an influencer, you know what? I know that word also gets tossed around a lot, but it really is a friendship and a partnership yeah. because they will back you up and they will share your stuff and be there for you. And, you know, till the end of time, because you treated them right and you, and things are real. And so that's what I've honestly found is that these gals that I work with, cause I normally do, uh, there are some foodie influencers I work with, but mostly it's mom lifestyle of one or two fitness gals that are in there, but cottontail <laughs> can't really do a whole ton with the wellness industry, but you know, we are, you know, organic and gluten-free and dye-free and all that stuff. So that's important, I think too. But anyway, just kind of honing in about exactly what demographic you want to speak to, who are those influencers who are doing right, who have a good reputation in the community, being honest and upfront with them, and then making that investment. Like this is long-term, you know, mm -hmm. and um, having all of that in your mindset, I think can really set people up for success. And I would also say, don't be scared to reach out to people. I think that, um, especially in the Kansas City area, um, cause that's all I'm really familiar with. Um, people want to help you in general. They want small businesses to succeed. So they're very happy, uh, for the, you know, for the most part to really help you out. So I, yes, I love Kansas city. I never want to leave. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just love this community. I love that. I love hearing that. And I think that's good information on both sides, especially from someone who's not in the marketing world necessarily, but I agree, I yeah. agree with everything you say. And I also like um, the point that you made about partnering um, with people that fit more of the demographic of the client versus necessarily being in the exact industry, same industry as you. I think that that's mm -hmm. really valuable um, for anyone looking at partnerships. And I also like that you partner with influencers or content creators that don't always have the largest following, but maybe it's more yep. localized following. And I know mm -hmm. for me on the marketing side, that's what we're looking at now is looking at who has the local following versus the big yes. national, big number of followers. hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is. Yeah. Would you say like that micro influencer, uh, 
demographic kind of like hyper local smaller mm -hmm. yeah and and those honestly i feel have been the best partners because they can give you that that time and attention that maybe you are wanting as opposed to it just being a transaction for some of these really mega you know superstar gals that are out there who it's it is like maybe their full-time job just to you know promote brands and whatnot and again nothing wrong with that i mean hey man they have there are some really super successful gals doing their thing and and uh, and i follow uh, quite a few of them too i mean because i yeah anyway that's another topic but it's also but, just <laughs> it goes the same too when you launched your business like you're the one doing the events. You're the one mm -hmm. picking it, everything up and dropping off supplies and doing all this. Right. And, and as you grow and as you build and as you gain new clients and gain new revenue, like that is when you hand things off. And same for the right. influencer. You know, you have to put in the legwork first. You have to build uh -huh. the relationships first. So I think that the long-term relationship point is so key there. So I think yeah. that's good information. Um, Okay. Do you have any other final tips for someone? Any great resources that you turn to? I know you are always learning and growing and trying new things. Where yeah. do you, how do you stay inspired? Ooh, that's a great one. Okay. So this has really been key for me is to actively seek inspiration from outside of the box places. I can, oh my goodness, I can get so deep into podcasts that are just about business, marketing, business, marketing, and listen to hours on hours about that. But what I have found is, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look, I'm going to listen to a podcast about, you know, 18th century history in England. I'm like, what? Like that sounds super boring. Well, I got to learn so many fascinating things and then it popped up all these brand new ideas that I never would have gotten otherwise or when it's safe to do so going to an art gallery and just totally clearing your mind of all the other junk that's going on in your life and really just enjoying some you know beautiful artwork and again I love Kansas City there's so many places you can do that freely or going outside and just getting some fresh air going on a walk or a park or whatever really you know floats your boat that has been huge for me for inspiration and just able cuz your brain uh, and again, this is kind of, you know, going back to like the podcasting, I can like consume, 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 but there's a point where it could be too much. So I need to take a break and just let my brain be quiet so that my inner thoughts can kind of do the work and, and allowing yourself to have that time and space, I feel is really, really important. Um, and then lastly, the, um, the resources. Okay. So there's, like I said, podcasts are my jam. These are in no particular order, the ones that I love. I've gotten so much inspiration from and have helped me as a mom and a businesswoman. Um, the first one is Mother Like a Boss by Kendra Hennessy. Um, really love that. And she is a, yeah, a go-getter. She'll kick your butt sometimes, but you need, you need it. So that, she's great. Uh, Don't Mom Alone by Heather McFadden. She is amazing as well and a great community um, of moms in there as well. And uh, Productivity Straight Talk by Amber De, uh, De La Garza. So amazing. So many great tips and tricks that for uh, any, you know, businesswoman or mom, she's also a mom. And then the last one is Speak Your Brand by Carol Cox. She is incredible. Um, and I have gotten so much great advice. And um, again, she's on LinkedIn. So actually, I think, well, I know Amber's on LinkedIn. I connect with her a lot and Carol as well. But um, have you uh, listened to any of those? Yes, yes. Yeah, I have okay. several of those on my rotation. I think that those are so good. I think that um, 
podcasts are my favorite way to learn as well. And especially mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, I was listening to podcasts all the time when I was walking. So I think that that's great. Or like yeah. late at night, I'm always listening to podcasts while I'm cleaning, doing other yes. things. So yeah, I love that. Um, going back to LinkedIn before we wrap up, how sure. often are you using LinkedIn? How do you, what are some quick tips to make mm-hmm. LinkedIn successful if you haven't been using it? Yes. So, uh, on LinkedIn, I probably just check in on there every day to see if there's any new connections or any messages. And, um, I probably post it not as often anymore, maybe once a week or every other week right now. But I, again, because LinkedIn sees comments and likes as content, they will that you'll, they'll see you that you are still active and doing stuff on there. So I go and I comment and, or I reach out personally to people that I've, uh, I've interacted with in the community and just check in and say hi and whatnot. So I'm still like on their radar. I'm still top of mind and I'm still, you know, making connections that way. Um, I think that what is so important, and again, we don't want to say, you know, you know, first impressions are looks or whatever, but I feel that people need a good headshot. I think it is so important to have, because that's the first impression. The first thing people see is your picture. And yes, having a good, you know, tagline and, you know, all of your, you know, schooling listed and everything on there proper is great. But I think the first impression, the first thing people are going to see is um, that picture of you and having a good, clear picture. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, in a, in a business suit, you know, or whatever. It can be whatever your brand is. If it's like hot pink, and glitter, and then like you're doing a silly pose, it's like, hey, that's great. But as long as it's crisp and clear, and um, I know you know a ton of great photographers, and and so do I. So, you know, just getting, you know, someone to get some really good pictures done of you, and that's great. You can put that on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. So you can use that investment, again, of money and time to, you know, beef up your LinkedIn profile and all of your other social channels. Yeah, I agree. I think a good headshot is something like I try and refresh at least once a year, but Mm. I love the tip of making it more about your brand lifestyle. I have like one where I have my son with me and it's more for like writing and blogging. And then I have one that is more businessy and a cute coffee shop. So yeah, I think that that's a great tip. I think also just making sure your LinkedIn isn't just your schooling. Like I've heard Mm -hmm. having a really informative, but, um, fun to read bio is a good way to hook people. So being engaging in the content and not just like a bullet list of these are the things that I do. Right. And a way to contact you because on LinkedIn, you can do a direct message, like I said, but if you put in that bio, you put an email address, then people who want to reach out can just click right. Boom. They're in your inbox and you're making it easy for them. You really want to make it easy for them to get in touch with you. Or if you want to put your website, phone number, however you want to put in your bio. And then, like I said, if you do articles or even see, and this is where you could repost any blogs you do or your listeners, if they do a blog, just copy and paste right into a LinkedIn article and it lives right there on your profile. So then it's fresh content. It's getting more views and, um, then if you really want people, I guess, back to your website, you could also put a, a link to, you know, the blog itself in that LinkedIn article and say, Hey, you know, learn more, you know, or say, read more, click here or something. And then you can still get people over to your website. So anyway, there's lots of creative ways to still uh, make your LinkedIn profile fresh and relevant. 
I love that. I think that is so good. Okay, Tiffany, we've covered so much. Tell me like yes. where we can follow you on your journey, any closing remor- remarks and um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think the best place to get in touch with me is probably our Instagram. It's where I spend a lot of my time. So that's um, at Cottontail underscore KC. So C-O-T-T-O-N-T-A-L-E, like a story tale, and then underscore KC. And then also our website, we have a lot of information about um, After Party and the fun things we're doing, and that's CottontailKC.com. So those are the two spots I hang out, and uh, I'm just so grateful, again, to have you and uh, be on here. It's just been awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yes. I appreciate your time and like all of these golden nuggets of information. This was so good. And it's inspiring me to get back on LinkedIn because I have been slacking this year. So oh, you can do it. And yeah, like you're totally right. More people are hanging out on there than ever. So it's a great time. It's a great yeah. time to get plugged in and, and hang out there. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And um, we will chat soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Catherine Elise.